Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 through chapter 5 verse 2. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you used to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. Don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Watch what God does, and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Katie and Christiana, for that beautiful reading today. Would you pray for me? Pray with me or for me. Creator God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And though my words may be imperfect and I may fail, I pray that you use me anyways. Amen. This scripture really threw me for a loop this week. I got to tell you, I have a hard time talking about anger, and that seemed to be what was standing out for me this week. This scripture really seemed to focus for me on anger. And I really had to sit down and think about a time in my life where I've seen people be angry, and I had no problem, no problem at all, thinking about times where I saw people angry at a distance. I've seen people angry on TV. I've seen people play anger in the movies quite well. But in my personal life, I had to do a little bit of thinking. Where have I seen anger? And I realized I have seen a group of people in a thorough rage. The most angry group of people I have ever seen was a group of servers in a restaurant that I worked at on a Sunday afternoon. Now, to protect the guilty or the innocent, I won't tell you the name of the restaurant, but I will tell you that it was an after-church favorite for a group of local churches. Some of the churches we enjoyed serving. Others were not staff favorites. On this particular afternoon, a single church group had taken up half the dining room, about 15-plus tables of people who were feeling particularly filled with the glory of God, and they certainly weren't afraid to tell you. Now, I was on the other side of the restaurant. I was serving in the bar, so I didn't have a lot of interaction with the folks at these tables. Aside from helping to deliver a few meals or deliver a drink or two, I didn't know much about how the service was going on that side of the restaurant. But the servers seemed to think it was going well. They had no complaints. Everybody was smiling. Everyone thought the afternoon rush was going quite well. Until, of course, they left. 
I happened to be prepping salads in the kitchen when the first person picked up the table's check. It started with a simple phrase, and I'm going to try my best to get the intonation correct. Are you kidding me? Something along those lines. <laughs> and I think that might be the last phrase I can actually say in church. As more and more of my server friends continued to come back into the chicken, the chicken, the kitchen, or went and checked second or third tables, the more yelling started to happen across the kitchen. I started to get a little scared. There were people truly feeling rage, yelling, trays were being smashed down. I even think I heard a little glassware breaking, but I don't know if that was intentional. Server after server was coming back to the kitchen, waving what I thought were $20 bills, and every one, single one of them seemed undeniably upset, which seemed a little weird because a $20 tip wasn't half bad. Through the irate conversation, I finally got a hold of one of these bills that everyone was waving around, and the second I touched it, I knew. That wasn't a $20 bill. Oh, no. It was a flyer. On one side was a realistic from the distance $20 bill. On the other side, in big, bold type, read, here's the best tip you'll ever receive. Jesus Christ will save you from the coming end of days. I didn't need to read any more than that. I understood why the entire staff of this restaurant was suddenly bubbling with rage. Every single one of them had just been completely stiffed for a tip, not a dime left behind. For people who made less than $5 an hour, those tips were our livelihood. They put food on our table. Those tips paid our bills. And they weren't stiffed by just anyone. They were stiffed by people who claimed love, generosity, and kindness as their core values. Now, I don't like to ascribe malicious intent to others, and I can see that from their theological perspective, they were attempting to do something that someone might consider possibly benevolent. But I found it didn't take much effort for me to get angry right along with them. These were my coworkers, my friends, people that on a good day I usually liked. And I also knew how rotten it felt to put in a lot of work, to serve a table well, and to get stiffed. That didn't feel great. I saw their anger and I understood it. I felt it right along with them. But anger is one of those sticky emotions for us in the church, especially for us in the church. When we read about anger in the Bible, especially in the Hebrew Bible, we learn that we are slow to anger. If you take a peruse through Psalms or Proverbs, you're going to end up with the phrase, be slow to anger more times than you can count on your fingers. Being angry seemed to me to be not welcome in God's perfect plan. I spent most of my childhood thinking that God didn't want my anger. When I heard scripture about being slow to anger, 
Maybe my child's mind exaggerated a little bit. Thought that it meant I should never get to anger. Anger should be the last thing. So slow to anger that I never even approached it. Being angry to my younger self seemed an almost shameful emotion. Like you lost your self-control and your dignity right along with it. Now I can't tell you why I thought that, but I did. So consider me surprised when we get all the way to Paul's letter to the Ephesians and suddenly I'm hearing a different approach. Paul's letter tells us, go ahead, be angry, and takes it even further saying, you would do well to be angry. So why does Paul seem to walk out on this theological limb after generations of slow to anger? Well, if we read the scripture a little further, we find that it isn't your anger that's causing you problems. Your anger serves a purpose. I think writer Austin Channing Brown says it in my favorite way. She says, anger is not a shortcoming to be denied, but a creative force that tells us when something is wrong. Your anger serves a purpose. It points out a tension between ourselves and the world. Sometimes it's the world that needs changing. But I think more often than not, it might be ourselves that need changing too. Either way, your anger is something worth paying attention to. What makes you angry? Really, sit, think about it for a second. What makes you angry? I think for a lot of us, it's probably a pretty wide range of things. Maybe you are someone who can keep a cool head through a crisis, but as soon as you can't find a parking spot, the gaskets are blown. Or maybe when you're stressed, your family members suddenly decide to adopt annoying habits that exist only to torment you. I know for a lot of us, when we are faced with injustice and wrongdoing to our fellow humans, we get angry. When we see people hurting or in pain, we get angry. It could be a million big or small things that cause us anger, but I have found that taking a closer look is usually worthwhile. Sometimes anger lets us know that something needs to change. And sometimes, but not always, there's pain at the root of that anger. I know for the people in that restaurant kitchen, it was the pain of feeling undervalued and underappreciated, along with the stress of a missed check, which quite often is a check we could not afford to miss. But it isn't the anger and the pain that causes the problem. It's what we do with it. And most often, it is what we do with it that'll get us in trouble. If we walk through our letter to the Ephesians, we find out that along with be angry comes a lot of buts. Christ has freed us to feel how we feel. Feel your feelings, but don't let it fuel your revenge. That's bitterness, and you certainly can't use that for the greater good. Be angry, but you better not talk like you're angry. With cutting and backbiting and profane talk, you got to make a clean break with them. 
Otherwise, your circle is going to start getting a lot smaller. Or, go ahead and be angry. But don't go to bed angry. Don't hold on to it, that's resentment, and that kind of miserable is catching. Don't bring that to the potluck. It's verse after verse of be angry, but not this way. Be angry, but not that way. And then it finally says what we are allowed to do. Be gentle with one another. Be sensitive. Forgive one another quickly. What I would love to see in between these two parts is an explanation of how to get from one point to another. How do we go from resentment, resentment and bitterness to gentleness and forgiveness? Did we white out that part in our scripture? I don't know. Miraculous transformation, as much as I hate to admit it, comes down to a choice. We choose. Anger, as Miss Brown reminds us, is constructive. We get to choose what we build. There was a moment in that kitchen full of angry servers where they chose. An order came up where a drink was ready to be delivered. And someone stopped. The room got silent. And the order was picked up and taken out with a smile. There was work to be done, and they went out and they did that work. And I think that's the matter that confuses us all the time. It is both a lot harder and a lot easier than we think it is, especially when the anger is justified, when we know that we're in the right to be angry. But we have to take a good, hard look at our anger and decide whether our anger is going to be the one building bridges or walls. Along with our freedom to feel our feelings comes a responsibility. Like every freedom, it always comes paired with a responsibility. A responsibility for how our actions affect others. We can't use our anger to create a long-lasting barrier between us by holding grudges or talking poorly about our neighbors. We are encouraged to remove our armor, tear down the walls. If it creates distance, it's not welcome in the kingdom of God. When our anger goes unchecked, we will use it as a wall. Choosing to build bridges instead of walls means hurt. It means being open and feeling pain and allowing people to see us for what we are. Not acting out of our anger is deeply vulnerable. It is deeply painful sometimes. But it is pain that serves a purpose. And I can't guarantee that all of our pain will serve a purpose, but I do believe that it has the potential. I think so because of what I did with my anger. What did I do with my anger for all of my brothers and sisters that were servers? What did I do after I watched my friends and co-workers harmed in the name of my Lord and Savior? Well, I grew up, and I went to school, and I learned about theology, and I learned 
the words to articulate my anger, words from a pastor in Oklahoma named Jonathan Martin. And I can finally tell you what made me angry that day. When ideology gets in the way of actual people, actual bearers of the image of God, that ideology becomes idolatry. We have decided to honor a law more than a person. Tip your servers. Smile at strangers. Look out for one another. There is no belief, no anger, no ideology more important than that. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.